This episode is brought to you by Set for Life Insurance. Listen, docs, one of the first steps we took to pay off our student loan debt was realizing we paid way too much for our disability insurance. That all changed when we found Set for Life Insurance. They helped us with a customized insurance policy that met our needs and most of all, budget. To learn more, check out setforlifeinsurance.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you, the one listening to this podcast right now. I'm guessing you tune into Docs Outside the Box because taking control of your career is really important to you. Now, our sponsor, Provider Solutions and Development, they have a team of experts that are ready to guide Docs just like you through today's job landscape. They've also got exclusive access to hundreds of positions nationwide. So whether you're looking to dive deeper into your specialty work or let's keep it real, you're trying to find a healthier work-life balance, it's important to start the conversation with them right now. Contact them at info.psdconnect.org forward slash docs outside the box. Hey, docs. Are you looking to learn how to become a physician leader? Then Physician CEO is for you. Physician CEO is an accelerated business immersion program designed for physicians and developed by MBA faculty from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. So learn more at www.physician-ceo.com forward slash D-O-T-B. What's good, everyone? This is Dr. Nee. Welcome to another episode of Docs Outside the Box. Yo. I'm excited to be here. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Co-host. Why are you stressing co? Co-host. Go ahead. Dr. Renee, best host ever. Co-host. <laughs> Say it with me, guys. Co-host. Come on. Co-host. This is only temporary. You're the substitute teacher here. Okay? You acting like you here permanently. Okay? Like chill. Taking over. Taking chill, over. Chill, chill, chill. So listen, everyone. Um, we got a short episode today. But listen, this episode, we're going to introduce something that I think has been... I think it's kind of been like the sore subject that I've wanted to get into, but we've never really got into it. And I felt like over the last three years, maybe even shorter than that, that... I need to stop talking to the audience. Like I need to stop talking to y'all and just kind of inviting y'all into our life because I think we're now almost 10 years deep into our respective practices and mm-hmm. what we've been doing. I think there's a lot of stuff that we can we can add. Like there's a lot of value in the struggle that we went through and all of the different paths that we took, some of the failures that we took to really get things going and let people learn from that. So right. Right. Um, we're going to start this series called The 11 Mistakes. You go ahead and introduce it. Well, I'm calling it The 11 Money Traps That Burnt Out Doctors Can Overcome to Finally Live the Life They've Always Wanted. All right. So (laughs) forget all that, the finally, all that stuff. But basically, we're going to talk about the 11 mistakes that doctors make um, so that you don't make those mistakes. And we're going to throw in some personal, not some, we're going to throw in a lot of personal stories because as we were making this, this list, we realized that, yo, like in each and every part each and every list or each and every item there's a story we, there's a story behind yeah. that yeah. right so you want to go ahead and actually you know what listen before we jump into this real quick so i've been telling everybody to go ahead and text us i don't remember the number just go to the show notes 
<laughs> Alfred, now just put the number up on the screen. <laughs> yeah. So the number is in the show notes. And if you guys text us, it comes directly to us. So we actually had someone reach out to us mm-hmm. and sent us a text and it comes directly to me. Yeah. And we know what's going on. So why don't you read that text? All right. It is from Mavis Richum. And it, say, it says... She want us to use her name? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. It says, good morning, Doctors Darko. Thank you so much for your podcast. I'm currently a PGY1 at UPMC Children's Hospital and have been listening to your podcast since medical school 2019. I just finished the last episode. The point you made about building habits that guide you towards your goals is facts. I firmly believe to facts reach... on facts on facts. <laughs> facts on facts on facts, yes. I firmly believe to reach a new goal, you must replace old bad habits with new good habits. Again, thank you. I'm a first-gen Ghanaian American. Hey. Grew up in New York City and Irvington, New Jersey. Hey. As well. Taking the 25, That's yo. right. Taking so, the 25. your story resonates heavy with me. Keep up the the great content. You guys have an awesome day. See, that's dope. Yeah. Dr. Mavis, thank you so much for writing that. We really appreciate that. Yeah. And that's what's up, you know. And the reason we wanted to put that out there is to let people know, one, we look at every text message that we get, every email, DM, uh, whatever other way in which you get in touch with us, we read yeah. each and every one of those. Now, we, <laughs> it may take a while before we get back to y'all <laughs> with these or things. before we read it on. You know, but um, yeah. that was dope. And that should let you all know that we all got this power where all we have to do is just share what we went through. Mm-hmm. And you never know who's listening. So yeah. literally someone who is very similar background, grew up in New York City. Yeah. And then came to Irvington, New Jersey, yep. um, which is an extremely diverse place. To live, so yeah, Dr. Yeah. Mavis, yo, and and you're at UPMC Children's, yeah. Hey, when you come out, that's the equivalent of Chop, you right. know, which is one of the right. top programs out there. So shout out to you for making it that far and making it at a really great program. I sent a bunch of trauma patients there. <laughs> yeah, I sent a bunch of trauma pediatric patients there because I was yeah. like, yeah, I've I've sent to Chop. No, not to Chop, but or to, uh, uh, to UPMC in Pittsburgh. I've sent a, a couple of patients to Pittsburgh. Um, in the past. So, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah. listen, guys, very simple and easy. Just text us and let us know what's going on. Or, you know, if you want to use any other method, DM us, email us, let us know what's going on. Um, also, before we jump into the 11 money traps, mm-hmm. I just want to say people who are watching on YouTube, you can see I'm rocking scrubs on the top. And then I'm, <laughs> I got pants on the bottom. <laughs> Which specialty do, do I remind you of? I don't know. ER. Right? <laughs> it's just like, you Scrub ever see ER doctors? Khakis on the bottom. ER doctors notorious. Like, why do y'all be rocking scrubs <laughs> and then you'll wear jeans or you'll wear scrubs on the bottom? It's like, look, you coming to work or what? <laughs> scrubs I can't take you seriously. Like, they got the nerve to have a nerve to do a thoracotomy. Like, you ain't doing thoracotomy in just a top scrubs. Like, apparently you got, they you are. You got to wear the whole scrubs if you're going to do something like that. Putting in chest tubes with just a, a scrub top. No. No, so. with khakis. That's khakis. what kills with khakis. The jeans are okay. The khakis, yeah, that's a yeah, that's I, a bold move right yeah, there. Yeah, the bottom scrubs are in the machine, so I, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, man. Let me let me stop playing. Let me lay off on the ER docs. Because <laughs> you need them. They're gonna come after us, right? <laughs> they need you. Yeah, yeah. And you need them. <laughs> so go ahead, jump in there. Tell us tell us all what's right. going on. So, Let's start this. Yeah, so we're gonna be talking about the eleven money traps that burnt out doctors. 
can overcome. Like I said, this, you know, this is just going to be an overview because we're going to talk about all of these way more in depth. But the first thing actually that I wanted to cover was savings, right? So a lot of docs, unfortunately, starting from medical school, even in residency, and sometimes into their um, attending hood, don't necessarily sometimes save. Sometimes a lot of them don't save. <laughs> okay, Let's just I be see. real. Like we I was just trying to be nice about it. A lot of them don't save, and that's <laughs> fine. But like, when do you have an opportunity to save something then? Well, I mean, that that is very true, right? Because you come out of your residency and potentially you're hidden like, you know, gobs and gobs of money, but you know, we'll get into kind of the other money traps, but that money isn't necessarily saved, right? It's used for other things. So um, not saving money is definitely a big one, which means that a lot of docs don't have an emergency fund. Um, and they're not even they're not even saving for known future expenses, right? Things that they know are going to happen, but they don't put them they don't put a certain amount of money aside for it, right? And that that's something that you actually could be like, yeah, I'm going to save for X, Y, and Z. But if you're not in the mindset, if you're not in the habit, speaking of of habits, right? Of old habits. Um, if you don't have that habit of saving, then even when something that you know is coming up is coming up, you may not even save for it. You just wait until it happens, like our Christmas fund. Yeah. Right. So we save for Christmas every year, starting in about October, September, October, because we know Christmas is coming up. So things like that. How many of y'all are actually saving for Christmas every year? Oh, text me that. I would love to know how many of y'all save for Christmas every year. So, um, so yeah, so saving, not saving is number one. Here's a tip when looking for your next job. Understand your strengths and weaknesses. For example, if you've been practicing for a while and you know you have a problem with closing charts, then it's important that you find a place that's going to help you have administrative help, right? So there are plenty of options when it comes to your career in medicine. But just like every patient is different, every physician has their own personal definition of success. And that's where our sponsor steps in. Provider Solutions and Development doesn't bring just one answer for all. They are recruitment experts focusing on who you are before helping you find what you're meant to be. So whatever you're ready for next, they'll help you find it with no quotas, no commissions to get in the way. So even if you're looking for a more collegial feel at work or just heck, a more healthier work-life balance, they can help find the right fit for you. So reach out today at info.psdconnect.org forward slash docs outside the box. So number two, financial planning, right? What do you mean by that? So financial planning is is different from saving, right? So and financial planning actually probably should have been number one, but financial planning includes savings. It it includes, um, you know, your debt. It includes your retirement investments, basically the things that you are supposed to be or wanting to do with your money, right? And if you don't have a financial plan, then pretty much your money is going to go places that you don't even know where it's going, right? So we talk a lot about this, about getting a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. So what's your, you know, what what's your advice for um, getting a financial advisor that you usually tell people? 
Um, I would just, well, I don't know. What are you getting at? What do you mean? No, usually you tell people like fee only versus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think if you're going to look for a financial advisor while you are, I think whatever financial advisor you look for, you want to look for someone who you know upfront what you're going to be paying. Mm-hmm. Usually that's a fee only advisor. So what that means is, is you go to them and you say, hey, I want to learn how to do this with my investments. I want to learn how to do X with my investments. And they say, okay. I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars to do that. Right. Most financial advisors, I think, at that point who are residents or even attendings, when they talk to a financial advisor, they're like, yeah, I'll manage your money. And you're like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. And it's not like, how much is it going to cost? Yeah. Usually when that occurs, that means that they are taking a percentage off of the total amount of money that they are investing for you. Right. So 1% of $37,000... Is not much, but when you start making three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, mm-hmm. you start developing a savings of a million, mm-hmm. two million, three million. One percent of that yeah. is a lot of money. So yeah. I always just tell people look for a fee only advisor. But but by the time you're in medical school, though, most people are probably using some type of app, whether it's Robinhood, Schwab, Vanguard. Mm, they all, are they? No most no no people? no. I said they, that they're all of the because they don't have that much money, right? So, okay. So I don't okay. know if a financial advisor would benefit them, but it's something to think about. So right. right. Let, yeah. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the third money trap is debt. Right. Having way too much debt. Okay, so we know that most medical students are going to graduate with at least a six figure level of debt. Um, And then that goes into residency that goes into um, your attending years and potentially even into retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, People are definitely bringing their debt into retirement um, and you know, without the financial plan, right, without number two, then bringing that debt into either retirement or just bringing it with you all everywhere you go, like like you usually say, like it's a pet, right? That can really, really hurt you because not only are we thinking about student loan debt, but we're talking about all the other debt that you might accumulate in your life. So a house, a car, um, you know, consumer debt, credit cards, things yeah. like that, lines of credit, Um, credit on your house, things like that. So not really having a plan for that debt, but then going into a lot of debt is a major money trap that can basically keep you working and keep keep you burnt out. Yeah, I agree with you there. So the next money trap, number four, is income, okay? Not necessarily maximizing your income, not necessarily um, having multiple streams of income, Um, Not really thinking about your income beyond the fact that you just get a paycheck, right? So, yeah, you have income, but what does that mean? You know, do you know how much, uh, you know, how much income you have versus the number, the the number of expenses you have? Do you know if that income is actually going to allow you a lifestyle that you want? Like, what is it about your income that makes you feel like, okay, I'm comfortable. I'm financially comfortable. Is it just the number? Because if it's just the number, but you don't have the rest of, you know, the picture of your debt, 
you're spending, all the other things to do with your money, then that singular number is not a lot of information. Yeah, like making $100,000, but you have like $300,000 in student loan debt and you live in New York City and paying Mm $3,000 and you also drive a Tesla, like that $100,000 is going to go away real quick. Mm -hmm. I'm just using an extreme example, but I'm just saying – that's the whole concept of just understanding that, yeah, you may bring in a certain amount of salary, but then if if your student loans are multitudes of that and then you're wanting to, you know, have this life of luxury, mm-hmm. then it's going to be a pretty painful life. So, yeah. 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 And now a word from our sponsor. Understanding how to run a business in medicine will put you at a unique advantage in the future. Whether it's leading a hospital, practice, or starting a new venture, the Physician CEO Program will put you in focus from day one. Physician CEO is an accelerated business immersion program developed by MBA faculty from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. The Physician CEO program provides an intensive MBA-style education made up of modules, with each module covering topics from leadership to entrepreneurial ventures. Because of their individualized structure, each participant leaves the program with their one, three, and even five-year business plan, all designed to function in the real world. If you're a physician who is looking to start your own venture, lead your practice or department, or even start planning for succession out of medicine, then you can't afford to miss this opportunity. Class is filling up. Learn more at www.physician-ceo.com forward slash D-O-T-B. Um, so that that's, you know, that's income. So number five is spending Spending way too much. Yeah, that's probably the second half of what I said. (laughs) If you make it $100,000 and you got $300,000 of student loan debt, should you really get that Tesla? Right. Do you really want to live in, you know, the Upper West Side in New York? Mm -hmm. You know, so. Yep. Having too much house, having too much car, that lifestyle creep. Take that New York, that MT Transit. (laughs) Take that two train. (laughs) Right? Lifestyle creep. Going out too much. You might have to jump a turnstile. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the police NYPD, pay your fail pay your fail NYPD will tackle that ass <laughs> yo they don't play yo, of all the things like, why you go so why do they go so hard over people who jump the turnstile um, I think that they go harder on other things me but we won't talk about that in this right, episode moving on moving on let's move on <laughs> so yeah that lifestyle creep um, all of that okay spending way too much um, that's number five number six not having any or enough investments, right? So a lot of times, you know, you and I have talked about investment a lot on this podcast. Um, You talked about specifically investment in the stock market and how, you know, what you used to think about it because your dad, you know, you equated investment in the stock market. Yeah, it's a very emotional relationship between uh, investing Mm -hmm. and losing a job. Right, exactly. So you, you were kind of like, Eh, stock stock market averse, if you will. Um, and I think a lot of people are, right? Because when we see the stock market crash on TV, people are like, oh my God, it's a huge frenzy. Um, you know, so it, it creates a lot of uncertainty at times. But even if you're not doing, you know, stocks, right? Because not everybody does the stock market or not everybody does majority stock market. There are still other types of investments that people can have, right? And so that investment, those investment vehicles, can allow you, because we talked about income before, can allow you to actually have yet another stream of income. And so having investments, you know, is is really um, something that can be a protective factor. Um, and if you, you know, if you have investments, then and you know you have more streams of income, you might not be as burnt out. 
right? So that's number six. Number seven, insurance. Knee's favorite. <laughs> the right type of insurance. <laughs> the right type of insurance, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, the right type of insurance. That's right. Sure. So being underinsured or being overinsured, right? Or just, you know, not having insurance whatsoever. Did um, you say insurance? Insurance, yeah. Ha- not having insurance. That's right. Insurance whatsoever. Okay. So if you don't have any insurance, well, this can pose a major problem for you um, because, yeah, you just never know what is going to happen in your life. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you get over insurance, then you're paying too much. If you have under insurance, then if something occurs, then you're screwed. Yeah, you're absolutely screwed. Um, you know, disability insurance, we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, we talked about life insurance and the different types of life insurance that you yeah, can get. Low key, I think the show was like on the strength. The show was started on the strength of getting screwed by. Whole Basically, life. this show <laughs> was started by anti uh, <laughs> whole life insurance. Basically, but we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that during that episode. Though, yeah, so. about how Ne bought his first insurance policy at the club. Yeah, but whatever. That's a true story, guys. That's a true story. Met the insurance guy at the club. <laughs> Should have moonwalked my ass away from that guy. <laughs> but I was like, no, let me listen to him. Big, big mistake. Do you rap? Please, <laughs> man. All right. So that was number seven. Number eight, not saving for retirement specifically. So this is in a different category than just saving, right? Okay. Um, And the reason that it's in a different category than saving is because retirement is a different type of beast, right? Retirement is typically, typically for when you're older, okay, although there is the fire movement, but it's typically for when you're older um, and understanding that there's something that comes with age, right? And it ain't agility. (laughs) So you ain't gonna make majority of y'all, y'all money. See, y'all see why she's the co-host of this show, right? Like this is the reason why I can't let you take the reins of the I show. Cause you say stuff like that. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Can you act like you have some cooth on this show? I do. I got cooth. Let me y'all. tell you, y'all gonna break down. Listen, y'all, man. Y'all gonna break down. You will break down. Or you just not gonna feel like doing this hard work the way you're doing Sorry, it right this now. This is my show. This is, I love doing this. I'm never going to break down. Okay. Let me tell you something we right shall now. see about that. I was watching Skip Bayless real quick. Skip Bayless has a, has like a podcast slash separate show. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Shannon. Shannon, Shannon Sharp. Now Skip. Right? Now Skip. Now, no, no, no. Now Skip. Now his, his podcast is called Club Shay Shay, right? <laughs> Club Shay Shay. Which is amazing. But I think they're starting to realize that, okay, you can't just be a talking head on TV. Like, you have to do more than this now. Like, right. people want, right. there's an appetite to do more than this. So he has his own podcast, and he's talking about um, why he doesn't have children. Mm-hmm. And he's on his second marriage. Okay. And he admits that he doesn't have children because he felt like he is so dedicated to what he does as a journalist, as well as now his second career, you know, from early 2000s onwards, being this talking head on TV that he feels like that is all that is important to him, mm-hmm. that he doesn't feel right bringing children into this world. Okay. To the point that okay. the current wife that he's with, Ernestine, he, on their first date, he said, hey, I just want to clear it up that, you know, this is going good, but I want to clear up, clear it up and say that, you know, in terms of journalism, in terms of what I do on TV and you, if this works out, you will always come second to that. Okay, I appreciate a man who's honest. And she was like... I think she, he said that she was kind of like taken aback a little bit, but then she understood. And then they've been married, I think, close to like 17 years. Now. Hey, listen. Okay. If if only everyone would be as honest as that on their first date, 
we probably wouldn't have as much uh, divorce. So um, <laughs> the reason I say that is a good segue to this podcast and how I am about this podcast. <laughs> I'm second. <laughs> Third. Yeah, I'm third. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's keep it moving, guys. All right. But anyway, like I said, going back to retirement, you know, the reason that I made this a separate um, category was because, you know, retirement, we have to understand that retirement could mean retiring at the age of 30 or the age of 65 or the age of 85. The reality is that, especially when you are older, that it is less likely that you're going to um Take yourself to work every day, you know, for 12 hours a day. So saving for retirement is going to be extremely, extremely important, especially if you're going to be taking your debt into retirement, because you got to understand that that money that you're, you know, that you're not necessarily making as um, active income anymore is going to go towards that debt if you're bringing the debt with you into retirement. That would suck. Yeah, that would suck. That would suck. But I, Still I can, paying I, for med school. I can, How old I can are you, 75? People, I can see people taking a really slow approach, but well, anyway, let's, we'll talk about that. Well, yeah, but I, I, I believe that people do take their debt into retirement with them. So, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, something interesting to think about. Number nine, taxes. Taxes. Everybody loves taxes. Everybody say it with me. Yeah. Taxes in one regards are, um, you know, the way in which obviously the government creates revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a way in which the United States is able to use that money to invest, quote unquote, in the, you know, in the citizens. Right. Uh, But also at the same time, uh, depending on how well you understand the tax Mm -hmm. code, it can be a situation where you can decrease your tax tax burden significantly Mm -hmm. and really hold on to more money than what the average person who does not understand the tax code can do. Yep. For example, like cha- giving to charities mm-hmm. or starting a business. And, you know, we use the basement of our, of our, where we're renting to be a home office. So part of the electricity that yep. goes into, you know, powering up this place, it's tax deductible. Yep. We got a camera now. We have microphones. All of those different things lower our tax bill because we use it for a business. Mm-hmm. But I cut off what you were going to say. So No, yeah. No, I, that's exactly what I was going to say, right, is that you have to understand how taxes work. So you might go to the, you know, biggest, latest um, institution with the with the most technology, and then they give you this great promotion and this you know great um, salary, this great new big salary, and then you end up in a new tax bracket, and it's kind of like, wait a minute, why am I paying so much in taxes, right? So that's where we go back to the financial planning, and financial planning also has to include tax planning. You got to plan because you're going to pay taxes, like well. If you play it smart, you won't pay taxes, but you will be paying taxes if you don't plan. So understanding the tax code, understanding the things that you need to do before, you know, April 1st of every single year is going to be extremely important in helping you to hold on to money um, in your bank accounts, in your pockets. Don't, you know, try to pay as little tax as possible legally. Gotcha. Legally. Don't, don't do nothing illegal. Illegal. All right. Okay. Number 10, getting getting down to the wire. Number 10, negotiating. Negotiating. Now, most people wouldn't necessarily put negotiating into like a money trap um, list. But part of the reason that we included negotiating is because oftentimes 
Y'all are not out there negotiating. Oftentimes, yeah. There's a, there's a term out there. It says you don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. That's right. So if you think that you and your partners are getting paid the same amount, you may want to think again. You're wrong. You may be wrong. So <laughs> you always have to ask for what you think you should be getting, what your value should be. Ask for that. Don't assume that the hospital, don't assume or whoever you are talking to or mm-hmm. is giving you a contract is on the same page as you. And thinks that you should be getting paid $100,000 to be a pediatrician when you really want to get paid Mm $300,000, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, negotiating, you know, is a money trap because it truly does affect how much money you make and even how much money you spend, right? Because there are things that you could be negotiating in order to get money off, right? So if you're buying a house, if you're building a house, if, you know, whatever it is, if you're going to purchase something, you should be negotiating those things too. So it doesn't just stop at income. It, you know, you really have to start thinking about how you can earn more money as well as save money. So negotiating, big one. And last but not least, estate planning. That's a, that I think is a big one, right? Um, so estate planning made it to this list because many of you are out there working really, really hard, but you want to leave something for your children, right? Like you want to leave something for your children, right? You don't want to just leave your, you know, your degrees like you Kanye. My father left me all these degrees. <laughs> One glad yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you really want to start estate planning because that will help you to figure out what will happen to your money when you are gone. You don't want your kids fighting over this my house cuz well, my I think mama the other had thing, this house. I think the other thing that we can put in there also <laughs> is uh what divorce does. Yes. What alimony does. Yes. Um what paying child support does, what that does overall. Now we don't have a personal story about those things, but um that is something no, that we No, we will... do have personal stories about that. Um family stories though. Well, yeah, we have family stories yeah, about that, but I'm absolutely. talking about us specifically do not have personal stories about mm-hmm. that as of this recording. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what you plan on doing? Yeah, what are you planning what you, on doing? What, what, what you plan on doing? Yeah, what so, you plan on doing? <laughs> so, so yeah, so we, we plan on talking about those things. But just to wrap it up, guys, like these are the things that we believe um, kind of keep docs, professionals also kind of in this rat race. Mm-hmm. And we want to start sharing more of our individual stories, also our stories about how we met and how we you know, became the Darkos, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think it would offer a lot of value to it. So real quick, before we wrap this up, I just want to let y'all know, I'm going to talk about this on a different episode, but I have my 2002-2003 application for financial aid for the University of Health Sciences College of Osteopathic Medicine, right? <laughs> this is my first application form now that I filled in. Now known as Kansas City University. Right. <laughs> and uh, they're not sponsoring this episode. <laughs> but if y'all listening, <laughs> but in this application, I had to put in, you know, just things that obviously I was thinking about for my first year of medical school. So my first year of medical school obviously was 2002. But one of the things they gave us also in, I guess, in addition to figuring out how much you need to take out is they gave us this 2002-2003 academic year budget. <laughs> and it has monthly expenses, student off-campus housing, room and board, $875. It has personal miscellaneous, 215 Transportation, $270. Um, a monthly living expense, 
is $1,360, which over nine months, remember it's a nine-month year, mm-hmm. right? Academic year comes out to $12,240. Education, so tuition was $29,000. Books were approximately $1,600. Instruments were $1,200. Um, and then the note-taking service, note pool was 150 So the total educational expense per this form was $33,000. Mm. And then if you throw in on top of that, the monthly expenses of living that brought it up to $45,000 <laughs> right now if you lived with your parents room and board $165 I guess you're supposed to pay your parents you pay some rent pay some rent to your parents 165 bones personal miscellaneous $215 which is the same as off campus transportation right. 270 to get you a car monthly living expense $650 and then $5,850 so that means that you're in terms of the entire budget for if you're living with your parents it was $38,850 so a difference of what roughly about 7 or $6,000 mm-hmm. right between yeah. so myself <laughs> you're what your 23 year old self my 23 year old self was like well I don't want to have any issues right. I don't want to have any stress right. I don't want to run out of money and the last thing that I want to do is I don't want to ask my parents for any money mm-hmm. that's how I was I just I just had this feeling of they didn't have it I don't want to ask them. I'm sure they would somehow find a way to help mm-hmm. me out, but I didn't want to ask him. So at the back of the application, it says financial aid request slash certification. It says, I hereby apply for aid in the amount of, and it puts a dollar amount in blank, right? To cover my financial need for this academic year. You know what? You guys want to know what I put down here? What'd you put down? What'd you put I down? hereby apply for aid in the amount of maximum. <laughs> I didn't even put down a dollar amount. Give me all the money. Maximum to cover my financial need for this academic year. <laughs> and just so you know, I also in here have my lease from the first place that I lived at, which was Century Towers, right? Just so y'all know how much I wasn't playing around. So the lease, where is this lease at? Where is this lease at? It's somewhere here. Okay, so this lease, okay? So remember, in this in this form that tells you exactly what to take out, it says... That you want your room and board to be $875. Yes. Yes. So Century Towers. At maximum. At maximum. Mm -hmm. So Century Towers, for me, (laughs) $475. (laughs) Right? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but you were planning on paying the, you know, the difference in utilities, <laughs> right? Like, I, I'm just not gonna have. You gonna have of, your heat on all the time. I'm just not gonna have that much in you utilities. Have all the lights on. Yeah, you gonna do all the calling all over. And the then world. the other thing I had, we'll talk about this in a different episode. In debt, in in depth, excuse me, was um, I got a car? I had a used car. Uh, my parents got the loan from the bank directly, and then. I would use the money from the refund, mm-hmm. the loan refund, and I would send it to them. And I paid it all off. Right. But it was $12,000. But the monthly fee was about $260 mm-hmm. per month if you did it per nine months. So that worked out okay. But that's another topic that we can talk about. So yeah. just to let you all know like how real it gets and the mistakes that we make, that's something that I just quickly wanted to share with you all. <laughs> you know, a little personal story about what it's like. You know, what's that, like 19 years ago now? Yep. Almost 19 years ago. Yeah, going uh, on 20 years this yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, 20 years ago almost about what we did. And you can tell, even at that point, tuition is almost $45,000. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what it is now. I remember I saw a tweet where tuition is like $90,000. Ooh. 
And like what, what the body the body didn't change. Right? <laughs> the body the body anatomy didn't double. It didn't triple. So <laughs> apparently what is this? Did. You know? So <laughs> hey guys, listen, this is something that we want to start doing. This is something that's really um, important to me. I think it's important to talk to you all about all of the right moves that you need to make. I also think it's important to expose you to all of these innovative doctors who are out there. That's dope. But also at the same time, you need to know, like, are we living that life? What it was like, mm-hmm. the mistakes that we made, right? The person who texted us, Dr. Mavis, is texting us from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. you know, wondering what it's like to go from New York City to Irvington, you know, and then I'm not sure what path she took in between that point to getting into residency, mm-hmm. but now she's a resident. Like, that's some valuable information that we all can talk about and share so that's pretty dope so listen if you guys agree with what we're doing if you don't agree with what we're doing if you have some additional stories go ahead and text us Mm -hmm. alfred put that number on the bottom of the youtube uh, video and um if not if you guys can't see it go ahead and click on the show notes you'll see the number there Mm -hmm. and we'll get the text and we'll go from there yeah so anything else you want to add um no that's about it All right, y'all. So we're going to probably start rolling out these episodes starting in February, and then we'll kind of roll through the whole year and start dumping in all these different things. We even have some debates with these issues also. The first one is going to be, what kind of used car should you get? Yeah. Should you get a fairly new used car, like a three-year-old used car, or should you get something like... A 10-year-old Like a hoopty, like you was rocking. Yeah. Right? So that's going to be an interesting discussion. So. All right, y'all. We're going to catch you guys on the next episode of Docs Outside the Box. Remember, text us. Let us know what you think. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. It's my show. Peace. (laughs) 